Oh, Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Mm, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Jen LeClaire. And I'm Eugenia Gibbon. And this is Let's Talk Melrose. Melrose, a show where Melroseans talk to Melroseans about Melrose. And just for a second, the power we wield. I'm not saying you can connect these dots necessarily, but the true statements are we talked about the dog park not being open last week. The dog park is open this week. <laughs> Coincidence? You decide. <laughs> Eugenia, how are you this week? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I missed you last week. I know, me too. Me too. Oh good. yeah, Jen, you were on vacay. I know. I uh, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, you well, you saw. I, I actually it. just said vacay. <laughs> vacay. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Eugenia, you didn't send us a video. <laughs> but um, Jen, where you were, and I think you yeah. not only left the zip code, you might have crossed the state borders. I I'm did. Sure, you lines. don't have to reveal all of that online. But were there random fireworks going off in that area? No, I was. I was back. I was back here by then. I was back here by then. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about July Fourth. I'm talking. Oh yeah, about all the way through. Actually, no, no. It's really. It was. Re it's really remote. It's really remote. Um, so it was. It was. It was pretty quiet. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I did I did for a split second think, oh, I'm in New Hampshire, but I was well behaved. I didn't bring anything back. So so it wasn't me you heard on the third and fourth. Do you have a stance on that? There's a lot of people uh, lighting off fireworks in random times and places. And there's a lot of people, dog owners or people with young children sort of not happy about that. PTSD. Uh, what? People with PTSD, that's a real thing. Yeah, I, yes. yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. And some of them are probably selfish. I love fireworks. And so, you know, I, I don't have a dog. Um, and I, I'm lucky. I, I, you know, I don't suffer from any of those issues. So we have PTSD um, I, from doing this show. I, I do. Yeah. So I, lo <laughs> I, lo I love them. I understand why I understand why people don't. I love fireworks. I, th I think maybe the some of the smaller ones would be fun to um, be able to use with the with the kids. I understand the dangers of having the, the huge ones, but um, but I love them. I love fireworks. So, have um, you seen the aerial shots that people are putting on social media of all the random fireworks going off, and you can see yes. them across all the cities? It's kind of yeah. I mean, it's not good, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of like, cool. In LA, I, I you can see them uh, in, in LA. It's it's unbelievable because it's such a flat skyline, so you just like see them every in everywhere. That's that's the one I saw on Twitter was in the LA area. Yeah, it was actually it fascinating. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think I would want this to be sort of the norm, but in these unique times, I sort of am sympathetic to, you know, people trying to trying to make their way. I don't know personally. I guess I enjoy fireworks a little bit, but it's also kind of like burning money. So. But if people are having fun, uh, you know, let them have it at for a little while. But I don't think I want it to be a regular thing. But anyway. Yeah, but uh, then it's not special anyway, too. So. Correct. But you know what is special, Jen? Our audience. Yeah. And yes. so we are um, we're multitasking like pros we're, here. Well, so we're, we're, trying. Monitoring, <laughs> we're monitoring the comments. So please 
Please type in a hello. Please try to join the conversation throughout the show. We're happy to have Melrosians talking about Melrose. And we and are- And tell us, and tell us where, you're, where you're watching from. Tell us your street and all that. Yes. And with that, we're gonna get right into the meat and potatoes of the show, as they say in the business, and we're gonna do- Sorry, vegetarians. Little news rundown. Um, not a lot of details on this first item, but we do officially have a new superintendent of schools, uh, Dr. Julie Kuchenberger, officially on the job July the 1. Job, yeah. And uh, what I heard word on the street is she had downloaded all 34 previous episodes of Let's Talk Melrose, Melrose, and we're just kind of getting up to speed. <laughs> yeah, I believe things. it was in the job description. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, well, that's what Job savvy, yes. savvy Melrosians uh, pay attention yeah. to the show. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll check in. She's, she's got, um, she's got a big, you know, it's, it's no small undertaking. Um, it's a unique time right now. So, so we'll, we'll look forward to following that and maybe she'll be on the show. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to have her on the show and we'll get into some school committee discussions a little bit later on in the yeah. show. Uh, but before that, we had another item here. Jen, were you going to cover this one about the Melrose uh, rec launching into phase three? No, 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 <laughs> no, just, uh, no we, we just had some some tidbits. We are. Yeah, we are here. We are. We're in phase three. Like you said, the, there are a couple of new things. The dog park is now open. That was a big one. Um, I would just say check out the, the Melrose rec brochure there. Uh, phase three seems to have kind of uh, put some things over the hump, if you will. I'm going to hear about that from the fans. Um, uh, check out their brochure. There's there's a lot. There's there's suddenly a lot more activities. It seems that the that the kids can participate in and adults too, actually. So a, a lot more things have have opened up. Here's one I was excited yeah, about. Can... I, I don't know what phase this is. Uh, sorry, Eugenia, do you have something to add to that? I was going to say we should we drop the link in our uh, yeah. Facebook yeah. feed. All right, we'll get the production team on that, please. Uh, I don't know what phase this is, but I just saw this announcement come out. I thought it was pretty cool. The Melrose Public Library is now offering front door pickup service. So that curbside contactless yeah. uh, situation that we've all come to know and love. Uh, residents can go right onto the online Noble thing. I've talked about this on the show before. I love the online. Put in your library card number and your PIN, and you can search the, through the whole catalog. And like two days later, anything you want is there. They're doing that at the front door. You can even call into the library if you want, 665-2313. Um, the only thing that's not happening right now, and this is, uh, this is uh, I can understand why the behind the scenes logistics is the what they call the interlibrary transfer of books. And that's the magic that, you know, when everything's firing on all cylinders, I click on a book and it comes anywhere from the Noble Network. If Tom Catalini wants it, I hit a button and by gosh, those people bring it right down there and all I have to do is take a walk and pick it up. Now, now you can only read books uh, in Melrose, like... You know, we are we are all Melrose full service now. The, the only the only books worth reading are in the Melrose Public Library, clearly, <laughs> or at least the only ones available. For right, exactly. <laughs> for now. I know. I'm anxious to to drop off and donate some books, actually, but we'll we'll get we'll get to that. So it looks like we have someone saying hi from Christmas Cove in Maine. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's oh my God. Nice. I, um. Uh, my brother has a place right up the street from Christmas Cove in Maine. Oh, that's maybe that's is it. Is it a Catalini name on this particular commenter? Know. Anyway, hello up there. So uh, Damascotter and we go to South Bristol. So the person who's chiming in from Christmas Cove should be familiar with that. 
It's absolutely beautiful up there. Stunning nice. main oceanside venue. Yeah. But it's not Melrose. So what else we got? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If you have to leave Melrose. Not Maine, a bad place to go. Yeah. Maine yeah. ain't a bad place to go. Um, speaking kind of, of cracking down on who can come into Maine, though. I know. We, it's that tight. Was, that was it's our tight. original I plan, and we did not. I wasn't going to get into that, but Eugenia, you always get right to the heart of the issue, and that is the crux of it. It's really, they really do want people to quarantine, and so it's a tough time to visit Maine right yeah. now, uh, and I think people are, are upset about that. Uh, and, you know, and I guess right here in Melrose, we have our share of meetings where people are getting a little bit emotive. Um, I don't think this was particularly controversial, but the city council appropriations committee did approve. And that means, you know, their committee approved and it has to go to the full city council, which I think is like the same people uh, next week, centralized voting. We talked about this previously on the show. Um, the idea is to have everybody go down to the middle school and vote. It's a little bit counterintuitive. Like it's sort of due to all the COVID stuff, mm -hmm. but then you're asking everybody to, to go to a central place. At the same time, they were sort of anticipating this, and it did happen on Monday. Governor Charlie Baker signed into law a um, vote-by-mail bill, uh, and it's Where's also- the air horn? It's also expanding uh, in-person voting. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh my God, you have them all. So that, that's really exciting. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the vote-by-mail. Uh, vote um, that's gonna be cool. It's gonna be the, one of the safest things we can do um, the way I understand it. Uh, and we'll get more information about this as it, as it rolls out, but um, it's gonna be similar to like getting an absentee ballot, but, right. but, but better and, and yeah, and, and, even, and even easier. So um, there are folks working on rolling that out, so. Yeah, we'll bring the details as they come. I think you might have to send something in the mail and you get something in the mail. Yeah. Uh, the other piece, not to get lost in that, was uh, there's some kind of expansion of in-person uh, early voting. So between mail-in voting, early voting, uh, hopefully that spreads it out and the central location, we'll see how that works out. We'll stay on top of that. Right. Um, and we should just remind people that um, this is all coming now because we do have a primary in September um, for state elections. You guys are looking at me like, what? <laughs> I know, exactly. So, so like, does, does, like, yeah, September. does Kate uh, Lipper-Garabedian need to go to, for her seat again? Is that is she in that primary? Is that what you mean? State I rep? Don't yes. Know if she has a, uh, anybody running against her i, I think she still needs to go through the, the she has to be elected yeah. yeah again yeah All right. production team is telling us uh september 1st <laughs> also uh the fantastic mike karaji is tuned in as usual to the show so hello mike and i think we might have some uh school committee members watching and we were just about to get into uh yeah. some stuff covered in their last meeting um so you want me to take a crack at sort of sure. giving a little summary here? Sure. So the school committee had a meeting on uh, June 25th, asked to approve a proposal for a, what I'm calling a robotic camera <laughs> on Fred Greenfield. I think this is, you know, the use of artificial intelligence and automatic tracking, you know, like your home yeah. security cameras and other things get very good at this. Um, uh, they were asked to, uh, approve this use of this camera um, for 
sporting events at Fred Greenfield and I think uh, a couple of the gyms and maybe some other locations. Um, what was interesting as that conversation went on, and by the way, they cover a lot of things in this meeting. Cindy, it was Cindy Tamor's last meeting. There's a number of other items on the agenda. This one sort of blew up. If you read the patch this week, you know, of the two and a half hour meeting, this took like half the meeting. So I, I tuned in for that portion of it. And it was a discussion about this proposal. It was odd that the contract had already been signed by the Parks Department and they agreed to pay the $5,000 setup fee out of their budget. And so I guess it was coming to the school committee who controls the rights to broadcast, you know, those sports games and other events. I think we're also talking about potentially other events at these venues at the schools. Uh, the ongoing costs are covered by fees charged to viewers. So this is the part where I was scratching my head a little bit because what we're doing is I guess you give up the broadcast rights and so you don't have to worry about like a lot of the infrastructure and the robot runs the camera. Uh, but then people have to pay to watch. And I went to, I guess Malden High has this, so I clicked around and found, looks like it's about $11 a month uh, or $69.99 a year. And it looks like that might give you access to not only your own school district, but others. There was a discussion of 10% of the net revenue coming to the city or schools or it was really unclear. And then I don't know what net revenue means in this. I think, you know, if your 11 bucks a month is revenue, it costs them something to buy all these cameras and do all this stuff. So I don't know what the net is. That wasn't defined. Uh, the school is required actually to broadcast all the games. I thought that was interesting. So the schedule gets uploaded. I don't know if we do that or if a league does that, but everything has to be broadcast was part of the agreement that I read. And uh, there was an interesting discussion ensued where there were some concerns about those fees. And I think Margaret Driscoll had phrased it as, you know, worried about uh, the haves versus the have nots, particularly in the time of COVID. At this time of COVID, is this really sort of the right priority and the right way to sort of uh, right thing to focus on? At the same time, it's the perfect time to do this in some ways because live streaming events, if we can't have people, if people have to socially distance, and if the program is up and running, but people can't come, that would be a benefit. It was interesting. Uh, some other interesting details came out from what I saw. There's like a $20,000 cost somewhere in that neighborhood of infrastructure investment at the Fred Green Field. So to run a cable or give it the hardwired bandwidth or whatever it is to where this camera goes, actually cost, uh, cost a few bucks there. Uh, the McLaughlin Foundation was actually donating uh, some equipment, some cameras and some laptops. As I understood that, that was a little bit about... Um, not the fixed camera, but maybe for performing arts and other events, this equipment could be used. So you would then, you would not have a robot running it at that point. You would have somebody else running it. And I think there was even some money they had talked about donating for a broadcast club to maybe resource that a little bit. I got the impression it was talked about in the meeting that it didn't sound like anybody really talked to the parents about this. Um, I think some other, I got the impression some other stakeholders were kind of missed in this conversation. Um, you know, wasn't, I wasn't really sure how this related to uh, MMTV or the MHS uh, video club or TV club, whatever it's called. Uh, and the, some of the members were, of the school committee were visibly frustrated that, um, you know, they had, were asked for this proposal to, or to, for some kind of approval. But meanwhile, in the packet is like a signed contract that the city had already engaged in. Um, so, but I guess the, the crux of that is they control the rights to broadcast these events um, and I guess 
it ended in tabling until July. It's now July. So at a future meeting, they're going to bring this up again. So, yeah. I, well, it yeah. sounds like there was a whole lot of, um, it was, it sounds, what you explained sounds like the process was as clear as mud, as they say. <laughs> um, yeah. It's probably good that it was tabled until a later date because it sounds like there are a lot of outstanding questions and folks who still need clarification about um, kind of what is being proposed and why. Um, I find it fascinating because, because it's, you know, at this, I feel like we keep having a lot of conversations about how we are using a limited amount of um, public dollars to try to, you know, maximize the benefit. And this is no different. Um, it's still an investment of public funds in, you know, something that could be a great idea. I don't, I don't know um, completely yet, but I mean, are we going to have football in the fall? <laughs> I just gonna, we're, well, we're still in COVID, so let's just yeah. start there, you know. Yeah, but 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 even 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 if even if we do, I mean, I'm I you know I I hope so. I mean, like 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 everything else uh, for the for the kids, we're hoping that. The kids are going to be able to do, you know, some kind of sport. We so you're right. We don't know what that's going to look like, or some kind of drama, or you know, all all the things that we that we hope for in a in a regular school year. We we don't know. Um, but I I think um, you know I I agree that I think having a, a contract that was already signed and buttoned up and put in front of the the, the school committee um, that raises some questions for me, especially since it involves a, a for profit company and. Um, you know, I, I, I have some questions about it too. I, I think um, we are an education institution first. We have a media arts program. I just would like to see um, those folks consulted and brought to, the, brought to the table. We have a, you know, there's educational opportunities that I, I wouldn't wanna see educational opportunities for the media arts uh, kids be at the expense uh, of, the, of, of the, as Tom calls it, the, the robot camera. And I think, and I think if we bring all the people to the table, like if you have a partnership between the media arts teams and the sports programs and the drama programs, you're going to end up with a better product. So I know people have, have been talking out there about, um, oh, this is, you know, uh, you know, football versus not football. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's that I, I agree, but I think that everybody gets a better product when everybody's talking about what the options are and what the real need is and all that. And so just to clarify, right now we have a really excellent media yeah. arts program in Melrose. One of the best. High school. Yeah. And um, that extends to kids' ability to, to you know, film um, yeah. all of the events that are hosted by, by the right. schools, you know, whether it's a sports event or, you know, a, a drama event or whatever it is. So when you say, you know, we don't want to miss out or lose um, these learning opportunities. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't know if folks realize how tremendous the media arts program really is. And um, the way that folks cut their teeth, the way that students get to cut their teeth on learning the technology and learning the skills yeah. is in um, filming a lot of these events that uh, are held around the city. Right. So my understanding is in the current technology, I don't know if it's as prevalent as is in all these locations or potential locations. And also, I don't think uh, the, the arts program or the, the media club and the MMTV have the capability to for, to, for instance, live stream from Fred Greenfield, which would be great. But a direct donation. So the, so the Victoria McLaughlin Foundation, they're a very generous partner in the community. They do a lot of things for, for the arts. Um, so 
you know, could there be like, you know, where's the research that's been put into what are the needs to be able to do stuff like that? Well, I think there um, is some maybe, information. I think there is some information on that, Jen. What I heard in the meeting is if somebody's costed out 20 grand to run the cable, you know, maybe they're running fiber optic cable, putting in some network infrastructure that's maybe not there in the, in the press box at Fred Greenfield. So, okay. I mean, why, if we've got the resources to do that, why not take that step? And that might enable not only the robots, that's, that's but, what but I'm saying. others yeah. to, uh, to, to leverage that infrastructure and to think yeah. about it that way. So I'm, I'm trying to agree with you, Jen, that, <laughs> that uh, involving the other people who are already have some vested interest in this. And expertise. Uh, and expertise makes yeah. a lot of sense. And then also and I want to be kind to the robots here because they're listening to everything I say. <laughs> In a previous episode, Steve Cazella was hacking into his Excella. Uh, uh, what, what's Alexa. Her name? <laughs> Alexa. I don't, <laughs> I don't have that Whatever here. her name is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think you also have to sort of think it through a little bit. Like, that sounds great, but that could sounds yeah. like it could be pretty boring TV. It, yeah. Like, if I could see what's happening on the field from one camera angle, even if it moves around. I don't have like uh, the play-by-play -play commentary. I don't have the uh, color commentary. I don't have anybody sort of adding value. So I think there's an issue here where, you know, there is some balance between sort of all access and making it available live as it's happening, but also the value add of maybe um, that human element that really can't be replaced by the right. robot. But yeah. the, 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 oh. thing I, the thing I wanted to get to before we get to you, Jen, is just that the... Uh, the stumbling block I had was the giving up the commercial rights and the, and the profitable company, which you touched on earlier. So that's the thing that had me scratching my head and like, geez, yeah. I don't know if I, from watching this presentation, if I can sort of have an opinion on that, that sounds like one of those things we might want to discuss a little bit more because I don't know why that's in the mix. And you, so you could contrast this proposal with just investing in the infrastructure or buying your own robot i don't know like you really have to give up all the rights and should we be charging people after you know people have lost their jobs in COVID, and you have all the economic stuff um but also you're paying athletic fees to to participate in these sports programs and i'm a big fan of the sports my kids yeah. play sports yeah i think sure. it's a huge value add to the school experience yeah. and there's a tremendous value to that and i think the live stream has great potential i think that's one of those things yeah. we can all agree on uh, yeah i agree and just to add to that and and i think they would the the sports fans um ought to want the best possible product too and and the the, the sports teams are super super supportive of the uh, of the other groups too generally so i, I don't want to sound like they're not i mean the, the football team is like super 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 supportive of the, the band and you know they, they it's a it's a there's a nice kind of give and take there so i think with um some of the information about the the media arts program that they'd be supportive of that too i i think also um Entering into a five-year contract with a with a for-profit company like this, with all these questions hanging out there, is another thing that makes me nervous. If the if the goal is just to find something that's going to get us through this audience-free COVID period, then why not just a one-year contra uh, contract yeah. that allows us some time to see how it works? And then if it's so fabulous, then you know you have to be confident in your product. If it's so fabulous, then we'll renew. But it gives you a year to kind of work with the the MHS TV team and, and the other stakeholders. Yeah, I, I think and I don't want to I, I don't want to speculate as to, you know, the motives behind why five years versus one. I will say this. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm not on school committee. <laughs> Very glad that people on school committee are asking hard questions. Even yeah, 
popular thing to do because at the end of the day, what this comes down to for me as a, as a resident and a parent in the district is I just want to make sure that, you know, every, that, that what, what, that the decision is being made with all the informa information um, in front of us. And if at the end of the day, it turns out that this is like the best idea and we should do it. So be I'm it great. Yeah. But right now. It just feels like there's, there's too much that's unknown, mm -hmm. which is why it got tabled. And hopefully the conversation will continue and we'll see, um, you know, these questions being answered. I think it's, I think that, you know what, if you're asking questions, you're doing your job that you are elected to do. Yeah. You shouldn't be so, going right for it. That's a great point. Uh, in in a rare moment of clarity, I'm going to agree with you 100%. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually I often do, but I, I think one, I, I often do actually, but um, I agree that I was happy to see the school committee, you know, it just sort of, uh, not tolerate the incomplete proposal and the, the full picture wasn't there. Enough stakeholders hadn't been heard from. And I know in some of these meetings, it gets a little bit emotive. They got a lot of stuff on the agenda. This one sort of took off. Uh, but I like that our, some in the city council did this with the other issue we talked about, about, um, you know, the funding for, you know, guns and equity and inclusion training and all of that. They were frustrated by that, but they sort of took a stance and they had to come you know, the proponents had to come back and sort of revisit that. And I think once again, many people who seem to be, have concerns are probably, uh, going to agree on some of the primary points like i think you know live streaming and the access to the events during uh covid and all of that are yeah. all good things it's a matter right. of how we get there and when you get something exactly. that's incomplete i'm just glad that they uh they, they took that stand i'd like i like to see more strength in our groups our committees that we yeah. rely on I to mean, govern well there's the whole you know there's a saying you gotta walk slow to go fast and that's what it comes down to with some of these, you know, proposals that have to do with how you spend money in particular, how it affects our students in the district, whatever it yeah. is, you got to have, you have to take the time to operate from a place of being well-informed and then you can move quickly on a decision. But yeah, um, it seems like we're, we're get, we'll get there. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep following this. Um, that was a fun kind of first discussion. I'll be anxious to see what people, what, some of the comments we'll stay on but so here's the here's the pattern an issue comes up we have some heated meetings in the formal forums we discuss it here on ltmm and it's all smoothed it out it gets buttoned up and, totally. and resolved totally. is, that, is that how it happens yeah. <laughs> an ltmm committee yeah. i feel like we've had i heard I steve is in the audience watching this week and i just wanted to say i still have my steve Cazella poster yeah. And I hope he's not, I don't have an Alexa, but he's probably hacking into something in my house right now. So yeah. I just well, want to say. Well, if he's watching and Alexa hears you saying Alexa, she might turn on. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Jen, win of the week. Oh my gosh. Uh, being back in, being back in Melrose with all you what, guys. Obviously. What could be better than that? Eugenia, yeah. you have a win? Oh, um, I have a couple, but right now I'm feeling very happy because my friend delivered homemade strawberry shortcake, homemade biscuits, homemade whipped cream, and local strawberries. COVID has been hard, but apparently it's helping a lot of my friends who like to cook discover their inner pioneer woman. Yeah, and I'm okay. here for it. I will eat yeah, whatever you prepare. 
I need some so new I, I need some new quarantine friends. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, strawberry season, right? Yeah, I just keep seeing stuff yeah, about yeah. strawberries uh, everywhere. And I think the Clover food truck was sending me somehow I'm on their email list and people were they were selling strawberries somehow. I'm not I'm connected all the dots and somebody had a video on there making strawberry soda, which actually sounded pretty good. Yeah. That's what's that. So you know what my my win just to refit is both the strawberry shortcake and folks tapping into their pioneer self. Yes, and bringing it <laughs> straight to your doorstep. It sounds like. How about you, Tom? Well, my win is having the two of you back on the show. Obviously, oh. I think there's uh, there's no <laughs> higher ground. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic to have you back. Uh, I miss uh, Steve Cazella dearly, uh, but he's out there in the audience. That warms my heart. And uh, I don't know what else there is to say. I know. All right. So we'll see everybody next week and we'll see you around town. Don't forget we have a podcast now.